All right, we're rolling. It is April the 7th, 2022. We're talking about, we call him Chairman Biden because I don't think he really won the election, but there's they're continually mocking the man for dementia, which is not fair. I don't like anything about the dude. I really don't. And then they're mocking Kamala Harris for promiscuity. Okay, when you see someone being mocked because of uh, dementia, uh, think about your own loved ones. It could happen to any of us. It could happen to anybody. Alzheimer's. So you don't mock somebody for that. That's that's wrong. It's mocking all kinds of people on social media. Kamala Harris. All she's calling her. All these names about being promiscuous. You know who else was? Mary Magdalene. Of course she got paid, but here's the thing. You know, you don't remind somebody of who they were. The, Satan's the one that does that. I don't know the woman right now, what she's doing or not doing. Um, I can't defend her, but I can certainly say that mocking someone, a, a woman particularly, for having been promiscuous in her past is wrong. You know, there was this uh, youth leader, true story from years ago. He wanted to teach the youth group about saving themselves for marriage and he said I, I want to speak to the young ladies in particular and he took this rose and he held it up and it was perfect and you could see it on the projected screen and he said it smells beautiful I'm on all of you to just all you boys just take this rose and take it and smell it you know get your nose down in it real far and just mm, just just really get a good whiff of it and he passed it through all the hands of the boys, and they were cupping it like that. And uh, he got it back. He said, look at it now. And there were petals that had fallen off, and there, it was crushed in places. And he said, who wants this now? Who wants this? And he thought he was being smart. Fortunately, someone out there said, Jesus, he wants it. So it's a very moving a uh, little story about how we come to Christ. We come broken. Kamala Harris might come to Christ. I don't know. None of us here know. Um, if you're going to bust on somebody that's in a position of political power, bust on the policies, such as shutting down drilling, uh, an oil exploration, in America, de taking all sorts of actions that make us much, much more dependent on foreign oil. You can bust on them for that, but don't bust on them. For, you know, years ago, Limbaugh's on the air, and he he was, and I liked Rush Limbaugh, but he he seemed not to have a day that he didn't want to mock Hillary Clinton for having thick ankles. And I never noticed that. I couldn't look at her long enough to okay, well, get yeah. that far down. And, and I said, why are you, you know, I think to myself, you, you know, what about a lot of ladies in the audience that have enjoyed you and been following you, been supporting you? They have you? that same thing. They yeah. might feel like, well, you wouldn't like me. Or talk about somebody being overweight, how most of Americans are. You know, so I think it's foolish. Open up the Genesis chapter 30, and then we're going to go ahead and read the prayer list. Uh, David, and that is uh, uh, Bonnie Wright's um, 
Rogers, that's um, her fellow's brother, and he's had some kind. They can't figure out what happened to him. You can't figure out. I, he, he's. I've never heard being paralyzed from the waist up. He can't move his arms. His arms are uh, kind of. Uh, I've heard of paralyzing the neck up. Oh yeah. Well, that. <laughs> no, but he needs prayer, and we will. We have added him top of the prayer list. Reverend Mrs. Davis, my friend Mark, for God's will and blessings with regard to his job and whatever else he needs. Uh, John and Ruby and Vassie and Linda, friends of the podcast, friends of the Bible study. Marcos, that's Marcos Santibanez from Macaulay, Miami. Mark, boy, he's making the rounds promoting his book. He's got pictures of, he got Shaquille O'Neal by one somehow, and there's him. You know, coming about Shaquille's waistline. and <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, sure enough. Shaquille O'Neal's a good man. He's a very good man. He's got good character. Um, and we praise God that Ray is back, and we pray for Ray's strength to be restored. And uh, there's some scriptures you probably should meditate on about strengthening yourself in the Lord. David... Uh, did that. Marta and Charles, blessings for them, wisdom, uh, blessings for their business. This uh, cost of diesel fuel is crazy and it's affecting. First, the truckers stood, you know, they can only take so much, then the freight rates go up, then the price of everything in the store that they haul goes up. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessary that this should have ever happened. It was done by design. Uh, There's an all-out effort, full-court press, to break the back of this country. I think that Americans are going to show more resolve than the cabal might have ever imagined. We'll see. We find ways around things in this country. We do. Yeah, always find a loophole. That's right. We've got to do it. We've kept our guns. We've bought more guns while every other nation on the planet has turned theirs in. So you know they're chewing some pencils over that one. Um, protection for our police. Uh, Stephanie and Mike, Bob's children, other unsafe family members. Um, this matter in the Ukraine, which uh, Ukraine is not innocent here. You, when you see Ukraine, you see new world order cabal type thugs in there and that's who Putin is, 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 is fighting I'm not saying he's a saint either but to be honest he's definitely more of a saint than Hunter Biden <laughs> you know uh, Christian's friend Beth Baker uh, Jerry's sister Judy Mark Jason Edmonds Ralph Rick Mark Sanders Jasmine mm-hmm. and Donnie and Opie and Wayne. Um, <clears throat> Mark, San- uh, Mark Sanders. Mark Sanders, but uh, he's got cancer. But Jason uh, Edmonds is um, a local guy. You know, he's about your age, 50, about mm-hmm. 50 years old. And he uh, he's having. Uh, serious surgery tomorrow, similar to what Gary had. Uh, mm-hmm. They're taking out a lot of his colon, mm-hmm. and they're hoping to save enough so that they can hook him back up. But yeah. They may not be able to. 
but he's having surgery tomorrow in Roanoke. Gotcha. Okay. All right, John. And uh, John just added uh, John Green. Yeah. Uh, I had gone to college with him. And did you find out what he's up against here? Or? Had a stroke mm. and just they had given him up for dead and he turned the corner and on a low plateau and just hadn't risen from there. Super Did nice guy. Super Green? Not from Bland, not um, that was Bob Green's boy, Johnny. No, this is a fellow from over here this way. Um, Carolyn Eanes, Linda, and Roy Hager. Uh, for Ray, uh, himself, and Judy, healing and good health and restoration of strength. Ted and Eric. I did hear from Eric. Eric is, uh, has had some uh, struggles with, uh, you know, he had a mild stroke some years back. And, you know, he's, he's working against uh, some of the lingering effects of that, apparently. <clears throat> um, Reverend Davis again, family, America, unsafe family members. Okay, let's join hands. And Lord, we also thank you for our pets and pray that you'd protect these pets we love so much. We praise you, God, for the time that you've given us here, a very, very tiny bit of time. Lord, you know I heard a 91-year-old man that I loved as much as I love my own father more, really. I heard him say, time is so short, life is so short, and Lord, you said it would be like a vapor. And God, uh, I know that you will wipe away every tear in time. There are some broken hearts and hurting people that have been mentioned on this prayer list tonight, and I just pray, God, you'd be attentive to them all. Glorify yourself in the answering of prayers, even for those who might not end up being yours, yet the saints see you do it. They see the work of your hands. They see the results of your spoken word. Guide us tonight, God, as we study and discuss matters to do with your word and with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, Genesis chapter 30. At the beginning, I don't think I'm going to read through the whole thing, but uh, this is about how Jacob, um, he, he worked for um, Rachel, and uh, um, Laban, the father of Rachel and the, and the father of um, Leah, well, he kind of deceived. Um, well, Let's, let's read this chapter. I think it's too good to skip. Too good to skip over. Verse 1, And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister, and said unto Jacob, Give me children, or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead? Who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? And she said, Behold my maid Bilhah, going unto her, and she shall bear upon my knees that I may also have children by her. Surrogate mother. And she gave him Bilhah, her handmaid, to wife 
interesting how this is used husband and wife in the Old Testament. How did you get married? Well, you didn't go down to the Justice of the Peace. You didn't go get a blood test at your local health department. There was no pulpit, no church, no place to go to make it official. It's considered that they married when they came together. That's when you really married. You know? Now, man's definition of the institution of marriage it doesn't mean anything anymore. It really doesn't mean anything anymore. I often mention that two drunks getting married, the drunk man, drunk woman getting married in Las Vegas by an Elvis impersonator, and they wake up, don't remember doing it. Are they married? They are in the eyes of Nevada and the rest of the country because we recognize, states recognize each other, each other states' marriages. But uh, are they married in the eyes of God? That's the question. And you'd have to say no. God does not ordain or, or countenance homosexual marriage. Mm-hmm. They could get married and get a certificate and in the eyes of whatever state... They're quote unquote married, but not in the eyes of God. This, uh, he was given Bilhah to wife. He went into her, she was a wife because he did that. <clears throat> Just an interesting. Consummated the marriage. Consummated it at the, at the beginning. Marriage. Yep. So that happened. And, uh, Bilhah conceived, verse 5, and bare Jacob a son, and Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice, and hath given me a son, therefore called she his name Dan. It's believed that the tribe of Dan ended up in northern Africa and Ethiopia, a lost tribe. And, uh, and people like to speculate on, well, what was the ethnicity, what was the skin tone? of of these um, Jewish people, all kinds, because of where they went after they, after the diaspora, as it was called, they went all around the world. And so there were tribes all around the world. And as the generations ticked by, people start adjusting and changing. And... um, they don't look like they did a few generations back, but they're all the same race. The book of Acts talks about we all have one blood, and it is a fact. It's a fact that we all have one blood because we can uh, change blood. We can receive blood as long as it's your type, right, from somebody of another ethnicity, not another race. There isn't but one race, the human race. We understand this, right? All right. She called him Dan. Verse 7, And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again. Well, obviously, at least nine months past him, what would it take? Maybe right away? I don't know. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, Leah. And I have prevailed, and she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had left bearing, 
she wasn't going to have any more children. She took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her Jacob to wife. So there's Jacob with four That's different. Four, four different. No I'm thinking poor Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I guess Leah uh, didn't want to be out and done here. So, uh, verse 10, And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son. And Leah said, A troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. Leah was the unattractive of the two. Um, you know, Jacob never wanted Leah. Remember, she got slipped down under the... Yeah, she could have still been attractive. Says she was, uh, what did it say, uh, son well, some of the translations say doe-eyed. Perry Stone did a word search and, and understood she was cross-eyed. <laughs> okay, I was just talking earlier when we opened up. Don't mock somebody for something they can't help, and there I did. All right, verse 12. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. And Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of thy son's mandrakes. And she said unto her, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? And wouldst thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him and said, Thou must come in unto me, for surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived. She wasn't done yet, apparently. And bare Jacob the fifth son. So she had to bribe him to to be with That's her. That's pretty bad. That's, that's bad. Oh, and those must have been some pretty good mandrakes. Oh, they could have bartered me, okay. <laughs> and Leah said, God, okay, just so we don't lose sight of the imagery and the analogy here, Leah represents the Gentiles. The, Rachel represents the Jewish people who did not bear initially, but the Gentiles did. And the Gentiles are the ones coming in droves to Christ. And I guess we're not, you know, considered as attractive is that it but um you know god's no respecter of persons we see in his word his plan worked out beautifully it always will he used the gentiles to make the jewish people jealous isn't that what we find in the scripture doesn't paul tell us you know He's using you Gentiles, us the Gentiles, to, to make the Jewish people jealous or envious. And this did happen here with Leah and Rachel. So she conceived a fifth son, verse 18. And Leah said, God hath given me my hire, because I have given my maiden to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again and bare Jacob the sixth son. And Leah said, God hath endued me with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me 
because I have borne him six sons, and she called his name Zebulun. This mindset isn't anything new, I don't guess. There are a lot of ladies out there right now. Whatever I have to do to, to, to win man. this man. I'm pregnant so I can have yes, this man for the rest yes, of the Yes, yes, and it's kind of sad because that usually doesn't work. And if it does work, you really want to have someone stick around and... Women are crazy in our minds. <laughs> that's worth it, you know? Okay. I'm, all I'm, right. just, I'm, I'm speaking for all women, not just for myself. You know okay. what I'm saying? It's I'm worth just, it. Huh? Women are crazy. So, he, so he's Zebulun. <laughs> and afterwards, she bare a daughter and called her name Dinah. I mean, she just like. She slipped out, bam. Yeah. Didn't have to have man drinks for it. No, I guess. <laughs> Maybe she's growing on the old boy at this point. I don't know. There was a lot of begetting back then. There was a lot. Maybe he was drinking. You never know. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And if you see the timeline and how it's all going to work, when Israel comes to the Messiah, the real Messiah, you know, that will be their birth, their real birth. They're not born yet. As a even a, there, as Ezekiel put it in chapter 37, it's Valley of the Dry Bones. The bones came together, the flesh came onto the bones, but there was no breath in them. They were a great army. They stood up as a great army, but there was no breath in them. They didn't have God's Holy Spirit. They do have a great army. They're a small nation, but their technology is second to none because God has made sure that they can stand against any enemy. We gave it to them. We did a lot, but a lot of their own scientists and computer... I mean, it's all about who's the best with computers this damn age. Look what they did to... Oh, uh, character was the head of Iran. What was his name? Started with a T. They were centrifuging um, uh, to get uh, plutonium. (laughs) Remember this? Yeah. And they like hacked... The Stutz virus. Yeah. The, the Stutz, Stuxnet or something like that was called. Uh, they, uh, and they put the name Hadassah in the program. And Hadassah was Esther out of the Old Testament. That was her name. That was her Hebrew name, Hadassah. And uh, some people believe that the British were also involved because there was one point that had a little symbol that looked like a gun and it said 007. So when they did you know that? So they analyzed all this after it 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 took over the control panels of uh, is Abedinejad that was who it was. I don't know where I got a T from, but called I'm a need a job. I'm a need a job. Yeah, and and so they're sitting there watching the control panels like everything's all good, everything's perfectly within parameters. Meanwhile, the the centrifuges were spinning beyond what they could tolerate and they destroyed themselves they destroyed themselves so you know that probably set back their ability to have nukes several years uh so anyway israel has been blessed with um, knowledge from god and it is uh and they obviously have had help from allies um yeah that was pretty neat i read that article and the hadassah showed up and is this part of the program's language? 
and then the little pistol in 007 <laughs> got popped but Mr. Bond. Okay, and afterwards she bare a daughter called her Dinah and God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb and she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach and she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. I don't know how she knew that. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away that I may go unto mine own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children. I guess he had a handful of wives. Mm -hmm. For whom I have served thee, and let me go, for thou knowest my service, which I have done thee. In other words, I have met your requirement. He ended up having to be there 14 years because, you know, he got fooled with Leah. But he, he did. He fulfilled that. So there's your 14 years. Now he wants to go. I like this verse here. That's the one I really wanted to get to. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry. For I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. Laban didn't belong to the Lord, I don't guess. But Laban knew that it had been good for him just having Jacob around. And I think we should strive to be like Jacob and be a blessing to everyone that you do business with or that you work with as a co-worker or you want to be a blessing. You want to be, you know, the kind of person that brings the Holy Spirit with you. I, I walked into a little impromptu driver's meeting when, when I had that Flying J position. And I was their supervisor. So I walked into a little office area we were using. There's about four guys over there with a cell phone out, huddled over it, looking at it. And one of them looked back at me said, Oh, wait, Dan, you, you don't want to see this. You, you don't want to see this. You go to church. And, and um, he put the phone down. And, and I went, well, <clears throat> doggone it. I wish I could see that, but I go to church. Good day in the morning. What misfortune. And I was teasing. Um, I was thankful that I was recognized as someone who probably wouldn't want to see that. But here's my problem. When they're not there and when no one else is there, what do I see? What do I let myself see? We're human. We all are. And, um, you know, for the past six weeks or two months, I like weather underground. They have the best weather predictions. Used to. Well, they do for blend. You got a better source now? No, they they got the radar off. Well, I'm watching their predictions. They've been pretty good on it. Yeah. 
but I opened the page. And somehow, through I'm sure no actions of my own, they got the idea that I might click on some of these uh, girls in bikinis and uh, lingerie looking stuff popping up over there. And you're trying to look at the weather, but you keep looking back at it. We're human. We are. Um, you know, I know that that's not what God would have for me. And I started clicking, they started putting up guitars and amplifiers again, and I clicked on every one so that it would start giving me more of that. But still, every now and then, here comes the ads from Venus. Mm. Yeah. Is it, do you recognize? Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. Well, I didn't ask for them. I have never clicked on one. But heck, you don't have to. There they are. All right, just saying. Yeah, we're, none of us are as pure as the driven snow. That's why we needed a Savior. The Bible also says, confess your sins one to another. And there we go, I did. You have to be careful who you confess your sins to, though. If you're not in good company and good fellowship, well, they'll lord it over you. So, we come to a place, and I don't think I'll, I don't need to really finish this chapter. I'm going to go to Joshua 7. But um, we come to a place where we see Laban asking Jacob not to leave because I've been blessed by you being here. So you want to be that kind of, a, of, a, uh, of an influence. You want to be that kind of an influence. Joshua 7. It's very shortly after uh, Deuteronomy. Is it the next book? It is. If you find Deuteronomy, just it's the next, next book. You can be like, you need some soda water, Ray? You need some soda water? You got a heartburn? No, my finger's cramping. Oh, yeah. You need um, potassium. potassium. Yes. Where are they? Home. You see, that's like the, the Chalmers Big and Tall Man, man credit card. It's a store chain in the Pacific Northwest. Great but stuff. But unfortunately, great stuff. You need to get a piece of banana bread that has the bananas in it. Yeah. That was a little joke of, on uh, trains, planes, and yeah. automobiles. John Candy, Steve Martin, Masterpiece. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, he was great. You received stripes. I forget yes. what museum I was in, but they had his boots there. Do you realize how big a foot he had? John Candy. I knew he was a big dude. If he ever kicked you, you don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. That was great. <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Buck. Stripes. Stripes. Uncle Buck. Um, I'll, you want to see some classic candy? Look up Second City TV. That's where he got his start, out of Canada. So you got Candy, Rick Moranis, um, and some Eugene Levy, um, um, Bill Murray. Oh, wow. You know, Canadian that started up there. Oh, <coughs> Dan Aykroyd's Canadian. But um, in any event, uh, yeah. Yeah, the fishing musician off of Second City TV each week they'd have a guest musicians and the guest band that would come in and they would all go down to the lodge and Uncle Gil and uh, 
it's John Candy telling these fishing stories, and they really take them out on the lake or on the on the river, and they got all this footage of like the tubes out there. That's a band riding on in the boats and took the plasmatics. Wendy or Williams, you don't want to probably know about her. But it was so hilarious. They're out there fishing. I'm a fishing musician. It's funnier when you watch it than it is when you just hear me tell you about it. Chapter 7 of Joshua. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took the accursed thing and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. That's just the first verse, and we've learned something. The actions of one fellow, and maybe uh, something, a few in his own very inner circle, cursed the whole nation. Like bidden. Mm. Chapter, or verse 2. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. They may And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. Not too many of these people in Ai. We don't need to send but two or three thousand. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, and he and, his, and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Why did you bring us over here? You're just delivering us into the hands of these enemies, and they're going to destroy us. Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. He's saying, we shouldn't even come over here. Why would you bring us over here? You just brought us here to kill us. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ around us, and cut off our name from the earth, and what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? He said, Just stand up. Why are you laying down there like that? Israel hath sinned. Interestingly, it doesn't say Achan has sinned. It says Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant which I have commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. 
Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except you destroy the accursed from among you. Church discipline. People worry about the collection plates not getting filled well. And they're, uh, you know, why can't we, why can't we win souls for the Lord? And, and unfortunately, and I don't mean to be a wet blanket, but this is honestly the truth. I see these ministers say, well, we had 14 come down to the altar last night and give their lives to Christ. You're going to be lucky if two of them meant it. And I'm basing this on what I've seen through the years of people getting up, going down the altar and bawling and carrying on because they've had an emotional experience. It happens at Beatles concerts. It used to. It happened at Barack Obama speeches. It happens at uh, Amway rallies. You get emotionally stoked and you want to do something. You need an outlet and these people do this, but then before you know it, they pop right back where they were like a rubber-made trash can. You noticed in the beginning of that chapter the name of the city was AI? Yeah. Artificial intelligence. Interesting. Interesting. And that is an enemy today. So, and we don't want to lose against artificial intelligence. But anyway, uh, all of the nation was cursed because of the actions here of one. How does this get resolved? God's continuing to talk up. <clears throat> sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof. And the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households. And the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zerites. And he brought the family of the Zerites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. By the way, how did they decide who was taken? How did they decide which tribe? Right? Um, they had, um, you know, priests in their midst. I'm they would use uh, these uh, these ephods, these stones, and um, they 
potentially had other ways that they would say, if this, then that, and then God was with them, and then God would show them. There were times when they, they could get nothing from the ephods. It's, it's, um, it's not in the Bible, but of Jewish um, lore uh, said that these two stones they would take out of the breast. Up, there, there were two larger ones up here and on the chest, and they would take them out and hold one in one hand and one in the other. I thought that was recorded in, uh, it's in, well, yeah, in that, First Samuel, I think, or... The stones, yeah. yeah. They said that the God's answer, yes or no, this is a yes or no yeah. thing, that one stone would glow. If, uh, if the... Because uh, King Saul um, couldn't get an answer through that. Uh, remember in, at one, one point, I think it was in right. first or second. Right, it wasn't working for him. God wasn't talking to him. But I think it, the right hand, if the stone glowed, was a yes, if I remember right. And the left hand, if the stone glowed, was a no. I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's what I had, had read. But anyway, um, that's how they got taken. So, uh, verse 20, And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. He just, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. The silver was symbolic in the Old Testament. I'm trying to think of purity or innocence, but you buried your innocence or your purity under the more valuable gold. Even. So Joshua, verse 22, sent messengers, and they ran unto the tent, and behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, and burned them with fire, after they had stoned them with stones. This is his family. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor. Unto this day, if you go into chapter 8, they go back and they whoop Ai. But they had some house cleaning to do. Another lesson here, the head of the household can bring curses onto the family, onto his wife, onto his children. If he brings the accursed thing into the home, Look at the soldiers who died in that initial attempt to rout Ai. It wasn't their fault. No, they were just doing what they were told to do, but they died. 
They lost their lives because of the sin of one who lived among them. And then that man, Achan, lost his life, but along with his wife and his children. Why did God have it that way? I don't know. I do know that there is an age of accountability for children. If they're 20 or under, the way we see it in Numbers 14, I believe it is, they um, are not considered fully responsible yet. Maybe they went on to be with God. Maybe they went to Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort. You know, we see in um, Isaiah chapter 57, you know, a lot of times we think that death is the terrible thing. It depends. Isaiah 57, the first verse says, The righteous perish, and no man layeth it to heart, and merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. He shall enter into peace, they shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. Sometimes when someone seems to die an untimely death, they are being spared from something that was coming, from something that would have happened either in the place they lived or perhaps even within their own family. They were taken away from it. I think you can apply that to the rapture. I think so. The You know, the rapture you know, will be taken away mm -hmm. um, to be spared the tribulation that is to come. Um, What's that verse again? Isaiah 57, verses first 1 and 2. We have that on Jared's marker stone. Did you know that? Oh. Yeah. So, um, you want to be a blessing to those that you're with. And if you find yourself in a bad enough spot, like Lot, well, God took him out, right? He took him to another place, but uh, he took him out of there. That's also a picture of the rapture. To me, and this is just my opinion, when you see things going poorly for your family, or in your own life, maybe in your church assembly, you start, I start, let me just speak for myself, I start getting an uneasy feeling in my heart that we've got something in our midst. We've got an aching, or maybe I'm the aching. Maybe I have brought something in, the accursed thing, that has cost us God's favor. And if one person does this and costs the congregation or the family God's favor, everyone suffers for it. Everyone suffers for it. You see this happen a lot. 
That's kind of church we, we had problem at one time. <clears throat> this this one family left, and after that it's just like somebody flipped the switch. It got better. Yeah, everything got better. When people can bring bad spirits, and <clears throat> what what people what Christians proper Christians don't like to admit is that the majority of people say, "Oh yeah, I'm a Christian." They're not. They're not changed. They don't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings gifts. Let's, we got a little time. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Corinthians 12, first verse and on. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. By dumb, here in the King James, he's saying they can't talk to you. They can't speak. That's what that really means. But there's a double entendre in what we think of today as dumb. Verse 3, whether Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaketh, I'm sorry, that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. When you speak that phrase, Jesus Christ is Lord, you, you have to speak it in truth. You have to speak it by the Spirit. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. When you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, in my case, he changed me very gradually over a period of time. I can't put my finger on that. I just kind of woke up one day. I say woke up. I just finally realized one day, you know what? The Bible is 100% true. And there aren't any errors in it. I was changed. Some people have it happen just like that, and they can name the date and place it happened. In my case, it was gradual. Um... Verse 8, 4 to 1, is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. You can speak different languages. We don't see that very often. Real tongues. We see fake tongues. And that's pretty pretty prolific. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. The Holy Spirit decides what gift to give you. This is a good chapter to kind of read through and consider these different gifts and say, well, I wonder what mine is. And you don't have to just have one. You can have more than one. 
verse 12. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made all to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? These are rhetorical questions. And the answer is, of course, no. It is of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye could not say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. I'm thinking the other place, you know, Paul talks to you, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. Verse 24, for our comely parts have no, uh, no need, but God hath, God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, no fractures, no divisions, but that the members should have the same care, one for another, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now we are the body of Christ, and members in particular, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Tongues is way down the list. Unless you go to a Pentecostal assembly, and that's the only thing they know how to fake. Sorry. So, Not only that, if you don't do it, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. they call it, they call it initial evidence. That's false. God, Christ gave his apostles the Holy Spirit in John chapter twenty, and then way they, before anybody spoke. Nobody about. spoke in tongues there. Well, did they not really have it? Yeah. Well, don't start bringing the Bible into my doctrine here and get me all mixed up. <laughs> Verse 30, have all the gifts of healing? No. Okay, verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, all teachers, are all workers of miracles? The answer is so that's no. Not all of you do this. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. I think this coffee is pretty well worked. Yeah, I'm done. But, I don't uh, know. Depending on how bad you want it, sometimes you can drink it. What do you think of your coffee, Gary? Mm. Did you hear what I did? I'll tell you later. He knows. <laughs> All right. So, 
when you start looking at the gifts the spirit gives then it starts to become clear why we should assemble ourselves together if you're out there by yourself and your only gift is prophecy who are you going to say it to right you need to be with others you know if you have the gift of healing some people can pray for a healing and I think Christian is one of these I think so too. And, and it comes. You know, we all have different gifts. So we assemble together. That way we're equipped. We're like that man's utility belt. We got it all. Is that a bad analogy? All right. So, um, so we've learned that you can be a blessing like uh, Jacob was to Laban and your groups that you travel in. You can be a curse, like Achan was to the Israelites. Well, you certainly don't want to be a curse, because we see how his life ended, and we see that his family suffered because of his actions. That is a heavy, heavy responsibility on a man. But God put it there. And God gave us the ability to choose the good, to eschew the bad. We don't always do it. If you slip, you ask him to forgive you. First John 1 John 1.9, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Forgive me mine. And then you're back on track. I think the cat just pulled the, pulled the curtain down. And he said, let there be light. Yeah. Earlier he was like slamming his tail down on the floor. Like slamming it. Oh, I guess that's it for tonight. That's right. Ta-da! The situation has not improved. He's trying so hard. I wish I could help, but I can't. Too short. No, I'm just too lazy. <laughs> it's, challenged. it's not too short. It's vertically challenged. Vertically challenged. I can't reach anything. At Peking, I was trying to get like the bowls yeah. to put like the crunchy noodles in for my table, and they were like right there on the shelf where they go. But I could not get to them. How tall are you? Five two. But I, I had yeah, and a half. And a half. But I had to, like one of the service moves, like push it to one end. I couldn't get it. Abraham Lincoln once said, no matter how short you are, your feet still reach the ground. Yep. Mm -hmm. Did he say that? Was she sitting in a hot Yeah, that's what he said. Probably just sitting on a chair, some people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to close. Ron, I hadn't had you close this in a while. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together in fellowship. That we become more wise to what your will is for us. We ask that your will and not ours be done in our lives. Please bless the prayer requests and those that are having difficult times. We ask that you guide us and deliver us that we may join again next week. Lord, we are grateful for this opportunity to come together. Look over us and protect us as we go our ways, that we may assemble again next week. 
In your name we ask it. Amen. 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 Thank you.